This episode is sponsored by Evolve Bootcamp, my outdoor functional fitness program that delivers a sense of warmth, friendliness, and spirit, along with butt-kicking, hellishly fun-filled workouts, evoking the idea that everybody that exercises outside does so without boundaries and naturally evolves. Class begins at 6 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Mention this podcast and come by for a free trial class at the Boston Common, if you dare. Welcome to the Evolve WMA podcast featuring the greatest upcoming female warriors on the planet. They are women who have gone against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. These fighters inspire, empower, and unleash excellence within a new generation of female warriors as they rise and evolve into the best possible version of themselves, the power of mixed martial arts. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA. And I'm your host, Shelly Devon. So this week's guest is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, a licensed mental health counselor who runs her own mental health counseling practice, as well as an Invicta FC Adamweight. She's four and two with a recent unanimous decision win against Linda Michalik. I'd like to welcome to the show Invicta FC Adamweight fighter, Jillian. Lionheart de Corset. Well, welcome to the show, Jillian. It's so great to have you here at, a, at Evolve WMMA podcast. And congratulations on your recent win. I'm, I'm sure you must have been thrilled. It was, it was a tough battle, but you got it done. And uh, it was a great fight. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I, I'm, this is the first time, obviously, that I've had a chance to get a hold of you. I think I've reached out in the past and um you've just been extremely busy with preparation for your fights um you've been with invicta for a while now yeah it's been uh like two and a half three years maybe oh wow yeah and you've had most of your professional fights through invicta is that correct Yep. yeah i've had five of my six with them cool and um you've you're are you four and two is that correct Yep, four and two. Okay, and that and that includes the recent win. Yes. Okay. So I mean, how did you feel overall with um your your win against Linda Mihalik? Um, you know, I knew it was gonna be tough going in. You know, I watched her fights, um, and she was a grappler, so we were gonna be kind of grinding it out against the cage and then, you know, just seeing who's gonna get the better positions on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely, you know, felt really good to kind of get that hand raised. Um, and, you know, just kind of knowing what the game plan was going in and it for, for it to actually kind of play out that way is always nice. Yeah, for sure. I know you had a couple of tough, uh, losses back to back, um, last year and, and, um, how did that affect this fight going into it? Um, I mean, it definitely felt like a little bit more pressure, even though, you know, I did, you know, have a win in, um, November, but it was outside of Invicta. So I felt pressure kind of that, okay, I, I have to get the win now. Um, you know, I kind of dropped two in a row um, under the, the Invicta banner. So I was like, all right, you know what? <laughs> we need to get back on top. Right, exactly. So now you're climbing your way back up. Um, you know, are you, um, have you had any thoughts about who you might face next? Who, who would be the logical um, challenge? 
or for you as you you know move forward into 2020 because i mean it's early on you'll probably have hopefully have another fight this year yeah i'm hoping i mean i'm hoping to stay as active as i can this year you know the last since going pro it's been difficult to you know stay as active as i would like mm -hmm. um but since i kind of i'm off to a good start so far this year hoping to at least get a few more in um before the end of the year and, you know, kind of mix it up in between, like, you know, my Invicta fights and then, you know, trying to take things outside to, you know, just build up that record and just keep, you know, getting the experience and um, going from there. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, who comes next, for me, it's never, you know, I don't really care um, who it is. It's always if a fight gets offered, you know, unless the only times I'm saying no is if it's like, hey, you know, you call me on a Monday and you're like, hey, do you want to fight Friday? Yeah. Um, then it's like, okay, all right, you know what, then that's different. But other than that, as long as there's notice, it's pretty much whoever gets put out on the table is like, yep, let's do it. That's great. It's great that Invicta, I always say this, that, you know, Shannon Knapp will allow you ladies to, to move into other, you know, like you can go and fight someplace else, you know, I mean, I, I think she's very generous about that, um, you know, in, in, in maintaining her, her um her promotion because i for a little while there you know there was some skepticism on you know is the atom weight um division deep enough right and and of course it is but some people have speculated you know on that regard and it's like okay you know do we have enough fighters here for for you know to keep this ongoing and of course we want to see that i mean you <laughs> fighter definitely want to see that but you also want to take opportunities elsewhere so your fight um the the last fight you had prior to this one that you you beat linda in um where was it again um i fought for a uh, cage query cffc is it is it a local um, fight or where are they out of? Um, yeah, well, they do a lot of their cards out in like Atlantic City and like Pennsylvania, but um, the one I had was uh, down in Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually on the military base down there. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was actually it was one of the one of the cooler events I've done um, because it was uh, so, like you know fight for the troops event. So oh, just okay. having the, yeah, having the troops nice. there and like their energy is insane. So it just it brought a whole different element. Um, to you know to the fight because mm -hmm. you know you just have people screaming and going nuts and mm -hmm. um you know the way they set it up on the military base was really you know it was definitely really cool that's awesome that's really cool was it to raise some money for the troops or do or just um, I, yeah i think it was just more like just to kind of bring some entertainment Amen. to them and you know kind of give back a little bit cool that's awesome and and your opponent who was she um that was katie perez Okay. Does she yeah. fight outside of that too? Or she sounds familiar. I, I um, she her. actually, yeah, she actually stepped up um, when I fought her and she made her pro debut against me. Um, okay. So, you know, it was definitely really impressive that she was willing to like step up and take a challenge where, you know, we were looking for fights for probably about like a good six months and like we couldn't mm -hmm. get anyone to step up. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you have this, this girl that's like making her pro debut and is like, Hey, yep, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Um, Wow. So, you know, I, I give her so much respect for that. That's awesome. Wow. That's really cool that she would do that too against um, somebody who's been fighting in Victor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, she put up a good fight. She put up a yeah. really good fight. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So tell me, how did you get involved in, in mixed martial arts? How did this all start for you? Um, so I played um, in college. I played basketball. I pretty much played 
basketball, soccer, volleyball, softball, like every sport you could think of that like involved the ball growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty, pretty much when I graduated and I was no longer, you know, I didn't have, I was playing like on basketball, like on like some like club leagues and things like that, but it wasn't the same intensity. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of something where it was like, you know, my, um, my ex at the time, he was like, he wanted to get into training and it was like, Hey, yeah, that's like, sounds like something cool. Let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just kind of grew from there. Um, you know, I got really into jujitsu and I was doing that for a really long time. And mm-hmm. my coach just saw us kind of just messing around, joking around in the gym one day. And we were like kind of doing some like fake MMA sparring nonsense. And he was just like, Hey, do you want to do a fight? Um, and it kind of just went from there. I did one fight and it was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just, it just blew up. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. And, and how long ago was this when you started? How many years? Um, jujitsu I've been doing for about like 10, 11 years. Okay. That makes um, sense. Cause you're a brown belt. You're a brown yes. belt. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of, it's a lot of investment for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, right now my, my jujitsu is more MMA based. You know, I don't, um, when I train jujitsu, it's all, well, what's going to work for a fight? Um, mm-hmm. because in my eyes, I'm like, that's something I can always easily transition back to straight jujitsu mm-hmm. when I'm done fighting. Cause you have less of a timestamp with that. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Wow, yeah. So that's really cool. So you've been at this for a, a long, long time. And and um, what was, I mean, it was just out of fun. And then, and then you just discovered, hey, I'm going to, like, I want to get in the cage. Or <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah, I'm always fascinated because, you know, like, you're, you're a very well-educated woman, and we'll get to right. that later. And I'm like, people are going to want to know, what would possess you to get in the cage <laughs> And have somebody trying to, you know, like wreak havoc on your body, like right. no end. And it's like, what, what type of mentality does that take for you? I mean, it's, it's you against somebody who wants to basically murder and maim you. <laughs> you know? no, it, it, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it is in the most civilized way possible. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, I mean, my mom, my mom always puts it, she's like, you're just an ad- adrenaline junkie. That's what it is. I've heard that one a lot too. Um, Yeah. So it's, I mean, it it really like, honestly, it just kind of happened. Um, I've always been someone that it's like, okay, you know, you put the line here and I'm going to go, you know, way above and beyond that. And, you know, it started with jujitsu and then Mm -hmm. it just, it just, it really, it kind of just happened. And then it was like, once Mm -hmm. I got that taste of that first fight, that first experience, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is what I need to do. Yeah. Is it a visceral kind of feeling that you get inside? Like that it's, it's um, um, really kind of primal of some kind. Do you think it's like that? Um, in, in a sense, it's just, it does. It makes you feel, you know, it's a challenge against yourself, right? You're battling mm-hmm. yourself yeah. um, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and it's, you know, it's really just a, a true test to, where you're at and you know you get you get like this high this feeling that you you know you really can't explain unless you've experienced it Mm -hmm. um and most of the time when fighters kind of talk to each other it's like we you know we we all have like the same feeling where it's like yeah you you just can't explain like what it is that um it does for you but Mm -hmm. you know it really does make you feel alive Mm -hmm. um but at the same time it's not something that everyone can do because i know plenty of people that even have just 
given just training a try and are like, no way, I can't, you know, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, and then other people, you know, trying a fight and like, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I mean, like, you, you know, for even you going in, you, you, you have the potential to receive damage, considerable right. damage, but then you also have the opportunity to give <laughs> damage. And there's something a little like twisted about that. Oh, I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, not that I, I've never been in the cage and had an, I mean, I've, I've, I had a kickboxing, one kickboxing match and I knew what that <laughs> felt like. And, and, uh, and I'm like, wow, you know, like to actually get in there and beat the shit out of somebody. I got to think that's pretty good feeling. And in, 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 in knowing that they're going to bring their best to you. I mean, it, it isn't a civil. Well, right. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not one side. It's not like you're finding yeah. some, you know, yeah. some scrub and you're like, All yeah. right, I'm just going to beat you up. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess I'm curious because um, what um, some of our viewers might not know about you, you are in, you're a mental health professional and you counsel. Yes. So this is like a great topic to be talking about and how you might relate this. I mean, do your clients know this about you? Um, yeah, mo I would say most of them know, um, because I mean, when you're going to see a, a therapist or, you know, sometimes even a doctor in general, what are you doing? You're Googling them, right? You want to research yeah. them, especially I find with, you know, seeking therapy or seeking counseling, people tend to Google and do their research on the individual that they're going to see a lot more than maybe going to see a regular doctor more on like the personal level, mm -hmm. because they, you know, it's a different type of connection and it is a relationship. Um, so you need to, you know, you need to know about the person that you're going to see. So sometimes, you know, they, a lot of times people come in like right off the bat. And sometimes that's a little bit more reason why they do choose me to, to come see. Cause they're like, wow, this is like interesting. Like yeah. I want to, yeah. Um, and then other times it just, it'll, um, it'll just come out throughout like, um, you know, treatment that, you know, maybe I have like a, a blemish or, or a bruise on my face or something. And, you know, usually if that happens and it hasn't come up before. I'm just sorry. We gotta, we're just going to pause you on there. I'm like, I, we got to do a scenario. You know? because I'm like, oh, I'm coming in for my first session. What the hell? She's freaking a woman. She's got a black eye. What's going on here? Is she battered? What is yeah. No, she goes in there and actually wants to have that done to her. You know, like, how does that, I mean, like, how does that, like, I mean, how do you deal with that when somebody's looking at you, you got like a, you know, a bruise and you're, you're trying to be serious. I mean, I love the fact that you do this, but I just find it, I mean, like this could be a sitcom. It would be a great oh, sitcom. Yeah, no, it's like, it's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I, you know, I just, I'm just upfront with it. And because my view of it is, it's like, if it's someone that I've been working with for a really long time and it just hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Um, it's like, Hey, we already have this relationship. We, you know, so it's, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to let you know, Hey, this is, this is what's kind of going on. If it's someone new, um, I don't bring it up. Like I said, unless it's mm -hmm. something where I feel like I need to, like if I have a black eye, mm -hmm. you know, even if you try and cover it up, sure. you can yeah. it. so I just, I just pretty much open <laughs> up the dialogue with it. I'm like, Hey, this is what, you know, my other profession is this, and mm -hmm. this is kind of what, you know, I do. Um, and I haven't, honestly, out of ever, I've been doing private practice pretty much since I started fighting, which is a good, you know, four or five years. Um, and I've never had anyone that is like, no, I don't want to yeah. see you because of your other profession. Um, yeah. I actually find it kind of does the opposite yeah. um, because it makes it more human and it is something so different and so, you know, on the other side of the spectrum that usually 
you know, people are intrigued by it and it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I feel like it helps our, our, our therapeutic relationship. Sure. Do you ever use like, um, you know, <laughs> whole pads for somebody, like, get, get it out of your system, punch something, you know, cause I always say that freaking hitting a bag is the best therapy right. out there. You know, like you can get all your aggression, everything, all your emotions, you can put it in a bag or if somebody's holding mitts for you. I, I know with some of my clients, I am a, a personal trainer and, um, and so sometimes I'll break out the, the focus mitts when, when they have an issue and I'm like, go right. to town. And we just start laughing. It's like right. it puts them in such a better mood for sure because they just get that whatever's going on out of them. Right. So do you ever run into that? Um, no, I don't. I, I keep it very, very separate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, down the line, I have some ideas of things that I want to do when I'm done fighting um, mm-hmm. to try and bring things together and take like a, diff- a little bit different perspective on um, – Mm-hmm. on therapy but right now I keep I keep my lives very very separate um it's it's literally like you know alter egos <laughs> sure yeah it sounds yeah. like you're superhero you're like Clark Kent take off the glasses boom it's like I go through uh, on my my car ride over to the gym from uh from work it's like I go through my transition yeah for sure. I mean, like, that is totally like that. This is so cool. I'm like, I love this. I love this about you. Whenever I, when I, when I got your um, questionnaire and I was like, oh my God, wow. I'm like, is she old enough to be? Like, that's another thing I'm thinking. I'm like, is she old enough to be? She doesn't even look old enough to be, you know? I'm like, that's really awesome. I, I think it's really great that um, women who are in this profession of, of women's mixed martial arts, they, they always have this other side that is so, um, you know, above and beyond, I think, uh, they, they have an other career and then there's somehow managing, you know, a professional fight career too, right which is, you know, I just, I, I was on, um, uh, the other day earlier this week with Miranda Maverick and she's going for her PhD and I'm like, wow, she's 22 years old. She's a right. fighter. And, and, uh, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, being able, what, you know, what the choice would be like, you know, would you, would you sacrifice, you know, like, would you become, if, if you had the pay, would you be a full-time fighter to be going for, you know, you know, a championship belt? Right. Because you, obviously she was saying that, you know, you have to be full-time to really you know, dominate in, in this field. And right. For her, it was that, I mean, how would that be for you? Are you kind of toying with that? I know like after those two losses against, uh, you know, you had Kelly D'Angelo and uh, Alicia Zapatella, Zapatella, and, uh, you know, you kind of had to rethink your, um, you know, where you were in all this. I mean, you, you obviously have a great profession outside of, um, you know, MMA, but it's like, what's keeping you in it? And, and I liked your answer. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more in depth about, you know, what, what your why is and, right. and why you're still doing what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, for me, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm so lucky. Um, and just the way, because of the way I kind of set up my, you know, my career outside of fighting, um, mm. I, you know, I get to work for myself. So I a hundred percent can, make my work schedule and make when I see clients around, you know, my training and my, my fight schedule. And I don't have to, you know, ask a boss for time off. I don't have to, you know, work within a a system. I get to work with, 
within my own system. Mm -hmm. Um, so it does, it allows me that freedom where I, you know, I do train full time. Um, I often train, you know, like six, seven hours a day, um, especially when I have a fight. Um, and then I still, you know, I'm able to work full time. Um, so for me, it's not really, there, there isn't really a need to make a choice. Um, because I'm able to do both and, you know, put 100% into, into both sides of it. Um, and you know, I, yeah, I am lucky with that because when you work a regular full-time job, you, you can't do that. Um, and you know, I have the luxury of, you know, doing therapy where you, you know, you have different options. Hmm. You know, we have, you know, we, okay, I do most of mine are like in-person sessions, but there's, you know, sometimes we're doing video sessions. Um, and, you know, so it, it does give you a, a, a bit greater sense of freedom um, where, you know, you can make things work within, within unconventional times. Sure. How do you, how do you uh, acquire your clients? You know, you're um, self-employed. How do you yep. acquire, how, how do you acquire them? Um, I mean, I did most of mine now. I'm at like word of mouth. Um, and it's just, I use like, you know, online databases, um, a lot of insurance companies and I don't really market myself. I don't mm -hmm. try and, you know, go out and really get people to come to me. It's kind of just, you know, the, I've been in, um, my own space now, my own practice for, oh, it's been like two, three years. Um, and now it's just been being in the same place for so long. You're just, it's just, it's just flowing and happening. Mm, that's awesome. It sounds like um, I, I'm doing this this course, um, and I've always been about like um, having a holistic life, meaning you know, integrating all aspects of your life so you have the most purposeful, kind of joyful um, life, and you and and integrating that like my martial arts, my athleticism. I, I teach an outdoor fitness boot camp. I've kind of integrated that, and then I also have like. Um, uh, a spiritual healing side that I, I used to joke with people. I'm like, yeah, I can heal you and I can maim you all in the same breath. And, and that's <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> that's yeah. what you're doing. You know, like you could do that. Um, so, uh, you know, have you thought a lot about like, you know, how you're, it sounds to me like you are integrating your lifestyle where everything makes it simple and easy, where you're not taking say an outside job you know, working at, you know, I'm just going to say like CVS or something right. you know, like, or, you know, just some other, you know, outside career path to, to fortify and, you know, your, your fight career where a lot of fighters are doing that male and female. Instead, what you're doing for your success is, is saying, okay, I really want to help people. And I like this, you know, mental health kind of, and, and, and being a counselor for people. But then I also am going to integrate it into my life where I can still fight and, and do that. It sounds amazing. How does this, how, I mean, does it come through like in a spiritual sense for you or um, how do you, how do you kind of, you know, figure, how did you f get on this path of figuring this out to, to be able to do this for yourself where you're in, you're in the driver's seat? And, and, and not external forces, you're like, you know, taking care of your financial, you know, you, what you choose for a career, keep maintaining your own health through um, exercise. How do you, how do you, how did you kind of come to, to be able to do that and pull it all together? 
Um, it was definitely, you know, it was like stepping stones, right? Um, when I first started, you know, because you can't really, you can't go into private practice right off the bat. Um, it's just mm -hmm. not, it, I don't think it's a good idea just because you're not, you don't have the skills yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some people do do it that way. I don't think that's the best way to do it. Um, I worked a lot of like a stepping stone type jobs. I knew it. I knew at some point. I wanted to, you know, work for myself. Um, even before I started fighting and really getting into that side of it, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to, you know, run my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to be able to do things my way. Um, I worked a lot of in, in hospitals. Um, I worked in a juvenile detention for a while. Um, and I did that all as like ways to kind of build my skills. And my view was like, I want to work like in the trenches um, and where people are at their sickest. And then later on, be able to transition where, you know, people are actually seeking help. Mm -hmm. They want it. And it's a different world when people are coming to you because they want it. Um, you know, I, I, I work a lot with um, adolescents mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's different. When I was working in the hospital, I was in the juvenile detention. They were, they were forced, they were being forced to get help. Now mm -hmm. my adolescents are actually ones that have approached their parents and like, Hey, you know, these things are going on. I need, you know, I, I, I want to talk to someone. Um, so it's a very different world when people are coming to you because they want help. Um, and it just, it just kind of naturally the transition happens. Um, mm -hmm. While I was working at the uh, juvenile detention, I started just doing hours um, within a group practice, um, you know, private practice on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And then I saw how that was flowing and I was like, wow, wait, like, you know, this, this could be something here. Yeah. So then I, I pretty much just took a chance and I was, I was done with a lot of the drama and a lot of the chaos and the nonsense that I had to deal with within the system. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm, ju I'm just going to take a chance. I'm just going to jump in and try and do um, this private practice thing full time. And worst thing that's going to happen is it's not going to work. And then I'll just go back to, you know, something else. Sure. And, um, you know, so far it's working out. So <laughs> I'm okay. Wow. That's awesome. What are three things that you attribute, you know, your success as a professional, say fighter and a professional, you know, mental health expert, you know, counselor? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is like, if I get something in my head that, all right, I want to do this, um, just, I just do it. Um, and it just, things just kind of like happen like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really plan too much. I'm a little impulsive, but there, it's always impulsive in it. In, in a goal directed way. Um, it'll be like, I'll wake up and be like, all right, you know what, we're going to do this and plan it out and do it. And then things kind of flow. Um, but I think it's really just, just kind of pushing yourself and um, taking yourself out of your comfort zone. If you stay in that safe zone, yeah, you're safe, but you're never, you're never going to achieve. You're never going to grow. Um, sometimes you have to take that, that leap of faith and just, just jump and see what's going to happen and see where you land. And, if you need to pick up the pieces, you pick up the pieces, but don't be afraid to, to take that leap. Yeah. Well, fear is a, a major um, halter. Every, you know, like everybody has certain things that they're afraid of, I guess. And then they, you know, to overcome those fears. What would you say has been one of your fears and how did you maybe overcome it to become the person that you are today? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think this is a common fear too. Like just like that fear of failure. Um, and what or, or, you know, and letting people down. Um, but, you know, I know deep down inside that, you know, as long as you're trying and you're, you're trying to do the, the best you can, you're not going to let people down. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you know as far as far as fear of failure if you if you never try then you can never fail but you can also never succeed so mm-hmm. you know that that uh kind of that carrot of success mm-hmm. kind of helps beat the the fear of the failure because it's like all right well I'm really afraid of failing but mm-hmm. you know what that 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 prize of success is is more of a driving force what would you say was your biggest failure and then how did you overcome that what were what were the steps to overcome that failure? There's something that really kind of rocked you, and you were like, "Wow, I, I'm really feeling this." And how do I kind of you know move forward? Because I mean, we all in in all aspects of our lives, we're we're dealing with some forms of failure, and and we need that mental aptitude to okay, what's gonna what what is it gonna take here, and then put it in our heart to overcome. And it sounds like you have a lot of that already. You already have the self discipline. You commit. You focus. But what is you know prior to having that maybe, and you had a failure. What was it that you know got you over that? Um, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to think of like now because um, in like retrospective, you don't really think of it at, like now I don't think of anything as a failure. Um, mm-hmm. because it's all, they're all life lessons, right? That, mm-hmm. and you know, even though it, at the time, even if you kind of view, you know, you could view it as a failure, but that's, that's overly negative. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only going to put you in a bad place. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's never, it's never about like, um, you know, thinking back like, oh, those are failures. No, those were, those are learning lessons. And that was my journey. And those were things that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I needed to happen at that time in my life to be able to, to grow and, and move forward and then get to the places that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try and approach like everything with that mindset of just, mm-hmm. all right, even if something stings or, or hurts or isn't the direction I wanted it to mm-hmm. go, well, maybe this is what I, I needed. And maybe this is, you know, where my path is and my journey is. And, and, it, you know, we need to take detours sometimes to get back on track. Sure. Now, do you feel like emotions, um, whether or not you're highly emotional or not emotional? I mean, has there been any instances where, you know, say your emotions got really rocked and you, you know, you felt a loss and you're like, okay, how do I, because I mean, on a spectrum, you go from loss to, you know, up the spectrum to anger to, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, at peace with and, and then, you know, understanding, and then maybe it gets to love and joy and bliss. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, when you've had like, I mean, you, you came off of those two losses. And I know you had said you had to reevaluate where you were in the fight game. And if it's something maybe that you wanted to continue with, or why you were fighting, you had to bring joy back into it. How did you manage that to come back and now have two wins under your belt that after those two losses against, um, you know, Kelly and Alicia. Um, yep, absolutely. I mean, the one against Alicia definitely hit me a little more because that was uh, my first pro loss and it was my first loss in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of factors going into that fight that, that led to it. Um, you know, I took the fight on 10 days notice. Um, you know, I cut like almost 20 pounds in that time. Wow. Um, you know, there was, a, there, was a, there was just a lot of, um, and then I had, um, you know, I was actually out of training for, for you know, a little bit because I had a, uh, I had gotten, um, something like a you know skin issue so it was like a lot of things that like when you know looking back I'm like mm. oh yeah yeah no I wasn't like fully you know in right at the top of your game <laughs> yeah but you know that that's at the end of the day that stuff doesn't matter you know I still accepted mm-hmm. the fight I took it mm-hmm. um but that one you know hit me and, and really rocked me and shook me um and you know and then on top of it just you know going through stuff in like my personal life at the same time mm-hmm. um but it was it was kind of like what I just let myself 
kind of go through it and kind of, you know, sink a little bit and just feel those emotions. And mm -hmm. then it was kind of like, you just take that big deep breath. And I was like, all right, let's pick up the pieces. Let's get back in there and, mm -hmm. you know, let's see what we can do and, and, you know, rise above. That's awesome. So you really were digging deep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, digging deep. And and what was your why to come back and, you know, that brought you to that place of, oh, I want to feel joy again and, and, and brought the joy back into your training, you know, because I mean, I can imagine if, if you're coming off a loss and your heart's not into it and you're like in there, you know, going through the motions of, of your training because you're devoting a tremendous amount of time to that and you're not in your groove emotionally, mentally, what was it that just was that turning point and say, oh my God. Uh, this is what I love and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. What, what took you from one place to the next place to, to bring that joy back in your life? Um, my main coach at um, Ring Sport Muay Thai, um, Eric Ruiz, he was really good with kind of like, you know, understanding where I was at and like talking me through it and just, you know, kind of helping me like realize like, hey, well, why are you doing this? if you're not having fun doing this, then you shouldn't be doing it. Right. Um, and he kind of just talked me through like his journey and you know, how he kind of, what, 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 when he was fighting things that he had went through and the ups and downs and the emotions. Um, and it was just kind of listening to the things that he was telling me and just sitting back and just being like, well, why is it that I do this? Wait, mm -hmm. I'm doing this because I really enjoy doing this. Um, you know, yes, it's competitive. And I am I, you know, a super competitive person. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but really, the underlying is that, you know what, this is something that I truly, truly um, enjoy and, you know, want to be doing. So mm -hmm. let's, let's get back to finding that joy and not making it a chore or a job. Because at that mm -hmm. point, then, you know, if it's not something that I, I, I am enjoying, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Wow. Yeah. So what goals do you have moving forward, say within, you know, in the next three years, what are some of the things that you'd like to accomplish? You've already accomplished so much and it's like, wow, you know, what, what, I mean, cause you're, you're a competitive person. So I'm assuming, um, and I think most, most people that are involved in martial arts and especially MMA, they're competitive with themselves, you know, truth be told, it's like, okay, how can I improve myself? So what are the next goals for you? Um, say within the next, you know, three years, you know, maybe two or three goals. Um, I mean, I want to, you know, definitely just even just immediately for this year. Um, I just want to get as far as like, you know, fighting goes, I want to get in as many fights as I can. Um, you know, I'm already looking to get back into the cage, like as soon as possible. Um, and just, you know, just keep building up and just seeing where it goes. Um, you know, I don't have people ask me a lot of times like, Oh, what's your end goal? Like what? I don't have an end goal. Um, mm -hmm. it's a journey and I just want to see where the, the journey takes me mm -hmm. and you know, wherever that journey goes is, um, I'm along for it. I'm going to, you know, put my pieces in play to kind of guide it, but mm -hmm. I'm not about, you know, there, there, there is no, I don't have an end goal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just keep doing this as long as I can, as long as I'm enjoying it. And as long as, you know, life's allowing me to, mm -hmm. um, and then as far as like, you know, my, my outside of fighting life is really just, you know, enjoy as much as possible, um, you know, kind of set things up where I have, you know, things going for me for the future and, you know, try and just keep building my practice. Um, you know, I'm starting to try and take on, 
you know, bring on like, you know, other therapists and, you know, kind of have, you know, get them under my wing and, um, you know, be able to just expand the practice. Wow. That's cool. So very, very focused, uh, minded for the next few years for sure in, in your profession, in your profession. Um, so who has been an inspiration for you? Um, you know, somebody that you have looked to ever since, you know, you can remember, I guess, and, and is a driving force within you, you know, everybody has somebody that inspires them just a little bit. So I was kind of curious who, who yours might be. Yeah. Mine is definitely my mom. Um, you know, she just, she's always been, you know, she's always had my back no matter what. Um, you know, and it's, it's, you know, the, the smallest thing um, is like a victory for her. Um, and as long as I'm happy and I'm doing something that I love, uh, she's happy and she's supporting me and, you know, she's cheering me on. Um, and just, you know, seeing things that like she's went through and, you know, how she's always just kind of persevered and, you know, always, you know, came out on top. And, you know, I think I get a lot of my, you know, my, my aspirations and my driving force, you know, from her. Mm-hmm. And how does she feel about you being a fighter? Um, she knows I love it. So she's okay with it. You know, obviously, you know, she, she liked me to do something calmer, but everybody, <laughs> my whole family knows how I am. And they know, you, you know, you say, Oh, let's do, let's do a, and I'm like, no, let's do. <laughs> um, so it's kind of expected at this point. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, do you have other siblings, uh, sisters, brothers, or? Um, I have a younger brother, but he actually, he passed away last year. So, Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I that's, that's <laughs> tough. That's really, yeah. tough. I, I've lost a sibling too. my, my sister years, a few years back, very young. And, uh, so that's, that's a tough loss. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Has that helped you or, you know, put a little rift in your fight career at all when, when those th- sorts of things, how do you, how do you manage going through that and then still keeping focused? And, and not letting that emotion get a hold of you while you're, you know, training to, to get in the cage. Um, you know, I think it, like it definitely, um, my, my fight with Kelly in June, it was only a couple months after he had passed. Yeah. And I thought I was, um, I thought I was in a better place with it than I was. Um, but it was, used, you know, I used training as my coping mechanism. Sure. Um, and it definitely, you know, after the fact and looking back and reflecting on that fight, you know, my, my head wasn't in it. Uh, my head was, you know, distracted and it still wasn't, it wasn't as healed as I thought it was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then after the fact of looking back and reflecting on that, mm. you know, I definitely allowed myself and gave myself time to be like, okay, let's, we got to mend some of these wounds. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny thing is about those sorts of wounds is you don't really know um, sometimes, you know, especially when you're in a high sit, getting in the cage is a high stress situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and when you're coming off of, um, of some sort of, you know, emotional, um, uh, tragedy or, uh, something that significantly, you know, hurts you, your soul, your heart, your, your being, because it's something you've had all your life. And then all of a sudden it's taken away. Um, you just don't know what it's going to, you know, you think you're healed and then all of a sudden something will trigger something <laughs> and you're like, Holy shit. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, going in what you did and going into a fight. I mean, this is something that maybe people don't know. Do people, have you ever spoke about this before? Or? Um, yeah, I actually had spoke about it before that fight with yeah. um, Kelly and, you know, kind of like people know, but I'm, I'm, I keep like a lot of things, right. Um, you know, if it's asked about, it, I talk about them. 
but I'm not someone that, you know, puts everything out all over the place. Um, Nobody does. I mean, we yeah. just kind of tripped on this. So. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It, um, but like when it's brought up, I, I, you know, openly talk about it um, because yeah. it is something that it is, you know, part of my life and it has shaped who I am now. Yeah. And it's a part of, um, I think, other people's lives and hearing from someone like yourself who was able to get in the cage only a few months after a brother, a sibling, somebody you grew up with passed away and you're going into, you know, on a world you know, <laughs> platform and still competing. It's like, how does somebody do that? And so that's kind of even the basis of sometimes why I do this podcast, because I'm in awe of what you women as a collective, women's mixed martial arts, women's, women's MMA, get out there and do on a daily basis and, and persevere and, and do the things that you guys are doing. It's amazing. And there's such shining lights and examples to other people, um, you know, who might be struggling or going through something of their own and they just don't know how to get through it. And then they can look to you and say, Oh my God, she just went through that too. How did she manage that? Right. That's why I ask these questions. I feel yeah. like I'm asking the same questions over and over again, but there's a thread and everybody right. approaches it differently, but there is a thread of, of similarities between all of us, uh, you know, as human beings and as women, or men for that matter, you know, dealing with a crisis situation and then putting ourselves in a, in a, you know, a precarious situation, but isn't that life, right? Right, right. 100%. Um, you know, I definitely think it does, you know, and, and, you know, fighting and, and being on that stage, it definitely does prepare you um, to handle, you know, lots of things in life. And, you know, it's like, I'm at the point now where, you know, I've had had so many things happen in life that, you know, other people would be like, wow, I don't, I don't know how, you know, I get it all the time. People are telling me like, I don't know how you, you know, you still are the way you are with everything that's happened. Yeah. Um, but it's just, for me, it's like, well, you know what, you just, you gotta, you gotta just buckle down. You gotta push forward and you gotta come out on top. And, you know, if you let the things that have happened to you, um, or the tragedies in your life, um, dictate and, and ruin what, what you can have going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, now you just, you just let them win. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm big into the law of attraction and about creating your own reality, so to speak. And and I see that every every time I get on an interview with with fighters, and you guys are so creating your realities. Like you're you're in there and you're 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 experiencing so so much of life where sometimes other people might not be you know, or, or, or afraid to. And, um, you know, in your practice, you know, in your counseling practice, when you're um, guiding someone, you know, is there ever a reference as, as a fighter, you know, like, it, or do, do you ever share stories of yourself, like, um, because you've experienced so much, or do you think just people sense that from you? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. In, and I know you ha you're obligated to, you know, professional, you know, <laughs> right. like you can't say, but, yeah. you know, like, but I mean, you're touching people's lives and you are on a public platform and then you're in a private sec sector right. business. So, I mean, how do you manage that? Um, I mean, it's definitely, you know, like I said, it's, it's literally like I live two different, two different lives. Um, you know, my personality stays the same, 
my personality when I'm, you know, doing therapy and I have, you know, a client in my office, it, it's, it's the same. I'm the same person. It's just, that's like my professional side. Um, and then, you know, when I'm on, you know, stage or giving my, you know, my post-fight speech, um, it's still the, the same person is there. It's just within the context, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know, I try, you know, I try and stay true to myself because um, mm-hmm. especially within MMA, a lot of, a, a lot of people lose themselves, right? Because they, they feel the pressure that, oh, you have to behave a certain way. You have to, you know, act a certain way mm-hmm. um, where you, you don't need to. You don't need to take on like that jerk persona and just, you know, what, what's out there a lot now, but you can still be your, true to yourself. Um, and I try and just keep that like across the board because um, it's easy to lose yourself. Sure. Has there ever been a time um, in your life where you felt that you were inadequate because you were a woman or you were told no because you were a woman? And how did you deal with that? Um, I mean, I haven't, like, it's hard for me. I'm sure there has been situations, but um, I try to take that blind eye and that oblivion to it um, and not really think about it or mm-hmm. not let it be the reality. Um, and kind of just take the approach that it's, well, I'm going to prove you wrong then. Mm-hmm. All right, you're telling me I can't do this for whatever the reason might be. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it double yeah, time I'm now. Yeah, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm going above and beyond just to show you um, that I can, I, I can do it better than you. Yeah. Um, you know, we find that with training a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We're in a male predominant sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been, I've been lucky and I, you know, I, but I've been selective in, in places that I train at. Um, and I won't train at a place, um, it could be the, the best place ever, but if they have that, you know, macho mentality where like girls can't be here, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even giving that place time of day. Um, so all the, all the places that I've trained with, all the coaches that I've had have, have treated me as an equal. Um, they don't treat me different, better or worse because I'm a, I'm a female. It's no, you're part of the team. Um, you know, and where I, you know, and, and a lot of the, where I train at is I'm really the only female fighter um, as far as MMA goes Mm. and I'm training with all the guys and it's, you know, they have the utmost respect for me. I have the utmost respect for them. And, but once we step on the mat, it's not, you know, male, female, it's, Hey, we're, we're training partners We're we're here. We all have the same goal and we're here to make each other better. That's awesome. it's so it's such a pleasure to hear that now coming you know like that there's you know this this change and shift has finally taken place because it it, you know not so many years ago it wasn't even like you you wouldn't hear hear a woman maybe saying what you're saying right you know and i mean there's there's there are still a lot of gyms that Mm -hmm. don't that don't have that and you you know you hear horror stories a lot um still yeah and it you know there's a there's a lot of things that that shouldn't be happening that are happening Mm -hmm. um but then it, you know, it comes on, 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 on females, us together, right. Bonding together and being like, mm-hmm. nope, not acceptable. Exactly. Um, and not standing for things. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know if something did happen on, on my end or I saw something happening, I would, I wouldn't accept it. I wouldn't just turn a blind eye to it and be like, no, this is not okay. This is not acceptable. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the more we kind of bond together, the, the less those things will happen, but you know, it is part of society, unfortunately. Sure. How would you, how do you see um, women's mixed martial arts um, evolving over the course of the next few years ahead? Um, I think it's going to, you know, it's just in the last few years, right? It's like yeah. kind of boomed and it's made major, major 
um, you know, growth and, and it's changed a lot. So I think it's just going to continue to, to grow and become more and more mainstream. Um, you know, just it's, it's gone like, you know, through the roof just in the last couple of years. So yeah, you know, you're, part, you're part of that. You're, you, you know, yeah. you're a part of that growth. And how do you see yourself in it? Um, I mean, you know, I just want to try and, you know, show everybody that you don't have to be a, a jerky fighter to get attention and, you know, <laughs> to get fights that you can be, you know, you, you, you can be respectful, you can be nice and, mm -hmm. you know, still, still get that publicity and get those, those fights. That's awesome. So, um, for your, you, you know, who would you like to face next in, in, you know, maybe this year, I know it might not matter to you, but you know, if you're, if you're moving up the, the ladder there, you know, to, you know, the belt of, you know, who, who do you see as maybe your next potential opponent? I mean, do you want to refight, you know, Alicia or Kelly, because they're still, I think, you know, they're still, um, in the, in the rankings and the higher end, or there's, there's even Mina Grusander. And I mean, and we, we still have Jin Yu Fry as well. She's not technically the champ anymore, but right. that, you know, that belt, nobody, nobody else has gotten it. And, you know, Smashly didn't do it. So it's like, uh, how, how do you see yourself in the next few months? Cause obviously you're going to probably be facing one of those right. women. So yeah, there, um, you know, there's definitely a, a few girls that are like probably on the radar. Mm. Um, you know, I definitely, obviously I want to, you know, avenge those losses at some point. Yeah. Um, but I don't think right now is like the right time. It's like, Hey, I think we both, like all of us need to kind of just grow and, and build up and, and go and, and then, um, you know, at, at some point we're, we're probably going to be facing each other again. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also, you know, Invicta now has like the Phoenix rising, yeah. um, tournament. So, you know, the only people that are left that really haven't had theirs yet is the Adam weights. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely see myself, you know, hopefully being part of that, um, ah. that's like a different, you know, a different platform. Um, and you know, I think it would just be a really cool experience to do something different. Yeah, um, to do, do a few you know, fights back to back yeah. in one night. It's like old school, you know, MM, like, you know, when, when uh, the UFC started. Right. <laughs> you know? I'm like with Hoist Gracie and all that. I mean, those, those were crazy exciting events. So for Invicta to be doing that, I mean, I love that show. Like when they do the Phoenix Rising series. Yeah, like, yeah they're, they're, they're really exciting. So, you know, I like to definitely be part of that so that's kind of what like is kind of on the radar at the moment um oh. you know maybe trying to get a fight within you know outside of Invicta to stay active and you know until I get my next thing with them and then um you know go from there cool so do you have any shout outs you'd like to give or way people can get in touch with you on social media or anything like that yep um so you can find me on social media at um at Lionheart Jill um, and on Facebook, it's Jillian Lionheart DeCourcy. Um, and, you know, I just want to thank my manager, Jason Adams, um, my coaches at Ring Sport Muay Thai, um, Long Island MMA, and Long Island Strength and per uh, Performance, and all my sponsors. Um, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to forget a few, but, um, you know, I'll go, I'll, I'll go through the ones I can, I can remember off the top <laughs> of my head. Um, Jasenio with JEQ uh, Massage Therapy, um, Fighter Alias. Guard What's Yours, um, Receptra Natural CBD, um, Defense Soap, um, mm, 
Mm. <laughs> it's okay. All your squats. Now cards. Um, and, you know, there are a few others I just can't think of, you know, um, off the top of my head. <laughs> well, I'll, I got to tell you, it was a pleasure talking to you today. I'm hoping to have you on the show again at some point, maybe after one of your, you know, your next fights or maybe prior to, to help promote it. Um, but anyways, it was really great to get to know you and, and to hear more about your background um, and what got you into, you know, MMA and just the whole, the whole package. It's, it's awesome. And I thank you for coming on the show, Jillian. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's awesome to chat. You take care and can't wait to see you fight again. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. So, wow. How about that? I'd really like to thank Jillian. The Lionheart DeCourcy for being on the show. She's pretty interesting, interesting young lady. Um, how would you like to have her as your mental health counselor? That would be so cool, I think. Um, anyways, we'd really like to see her fight again soon. Hopefully it will be at that, um, the Phoenix Rising series for the Adam Weight division. That would be really cool. Um, good luck to her and um, hope to see her fight soon. If you like what you heard today and are eager to hear more, never miss an episode from Evolve WMMA and moi, you know, Shelly Devine, by remembering to subscribe, download on iTunes, or you can find us on Podomatic and Spotify at Evolve Women's MMA. Or if you prefer to watch, you can find us, uh, you know, always a new episode on YouTube at Women's MMA. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Um, and don't forget to mention uh, Jillian DeCourcy and how she might have inspired or motivated you. This helps people find the show. Um, or you can also leave a review at Evolve WMMA. Um, just leave a comment or something. That would be freaking awesome. And lastly, if nothing else, you can simply follow us at facebook.com backslash I love WMMA. This is Shelly Devine. Until next time, thanks for listening.